Well, good morning, church, and Merry Christmas. I have come bringing good news of Christmas cheer, and that is that Jesus has a gift for you, and I know what it is. I know maybe under some of our Christmas trees this morning, there's been some gifts that have been laid, and you've been looking at them, wondering what it is, and anticipating, and maybe expecting some really cool things that would be gifted to you this Christmas, probably for the littles that were up here, maybe more so true of them than anyone else in the room. And I don't know what's in those boxes, and I don't know what you're hoping for this Christmas, but what I do know is that Jesus has a gift for you, and I know what it is. Are you ready to hear what it is? Yeah? This Christmas, Jesus wants to give you the gift of life. It's in John chapter 11, Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus and he declares to Martha, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am life. It's a bold statement knowing what we know about the Old Testament. Anytime we hear the word I am, that's God speaking. That's God's personal name. And Jesus says, I am life. And what Jesus longs to give us above all things this Christmas is he, lo- he longs to give us himself. And in him is life and life abundant. And then after giving us life, then here's the second thing that Jesus wants to do this Christmas is he wants to, he wants to make each of us a gift of life to everyone and everything around us. He wants to give us the gift of life, and he wants to make us a gift of life. Let's unpack. As we start unpacking, I'm going to take you back 17 and a half years. My wife, Megan, at that point was very pregnant beyond nine months, and it was 9.30 p.m., and we were sitting around the kitchen table playing Rummy Cube as her contractions were starting to increase in frequency and in pain. And we knew that it was close. Our firstborn child was soon to come, and Megan was sitting on one of those large birthing balls, you know, those little bouncy balls for the rest of us, but a birthing ball, I think, is what they were originally designed to be, and Megan was sitting on that, and then as we were playing Rummy Cube, we heard this loud gush of water pouring out. And my first thought was, who spilled a drink? And looked around, nobody spilled a drink. Second thought was, I apologize, I hope this isn't awkward for any of us, but then my second thought was, I thought maybe Megan peed her pants. Because nine months pregnant, I don't know, but I heard this rushing water, and it wasn't a cup, and I didn't know where it was from, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe that's what happened. And then Megan, like after several seconds, because this is our first time, Megan declared, my water just broke. And then probably about four and a half to five hours later, our first little life arrived. Here's the principle that I want us to see this morning in order for us to make sense of how God wants to give us a gift and how he wants to make us a gift. The theme is this, when the waters break out, life will soon follow. I experienced that with the birth of my first child and then every other one since. When the waters break Life soon follows. Kids, have you ever seen um, the nature shows, right? We all love the nature shows on the Serengeti in Africa. And typically, like this, I've seen this show so many times because it's so fascinating. But towards the end of the dry season, 
Everything is struggling to cling to life, and it's really hard. All the plants in the trees are at the end of themselves. They are dry, they are brown, and they are clinging with a razor's edge to life and existence itself. At the end of the dry season, it is a pretty bleak and marginal kind of life. It's a struggling, depleted, thin version of life. And then you know how the documentary goes. We've all seen it. The storm clouds gather in the far, and you can see them moving this way, and then the rains start to come. And as the rains fall on the parched and depleted earth, then the streams gather into rivers, into lakes, into marshes, and then everything that is life explodes again on the scene. Life comes. But we see that principle again, don't we? When the waters break out, life is soon to follow. We see this theme all in the created world. God has implemented it everywhere. Where there is water and where it's breaking out, there will be life. But it's not just a theme in creation itself. It's actually a theme theologically in the scriptures. And if I could, and you're welcome to turn here, I want to take us back to Ezekiel chapter 47. And Ezekiel the prophet gets this glimpse, this vision of the end times temple, the place where God is going to dwell with man finally and fully again, right? And remember, where the waters break out, their life follows. So check it out. Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 1. This is Ezekiel recounting what's going on, what the Lord is showing him in the Spirit. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, Ezekiel says, and behold, he's seeing a vision of the temple. Check this out. And behold, Hene, you got to see this Hebrew word, triple exclamation mark. Behold, here's what Ezekiel saw. Water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple. Water was coming out of the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east east and the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple south of the altar so ezekiel says i saw a vision that god gave me of the temple and from the altar and from the temple this water is flowing watch out now because wherever water breaks out life is soon to follow and then as ezekiel 47 goes on ezekiel begins to tell us of the glories of all the life that starts erupting all over the place where this river from the dwelling place of god is flowing out first thing he says is this he says wherever the river flows it flows into the salt seas wherever it flows into the salty water the salty water becomes fresh and sweet and clean beautiful the the salty waters are healed and restored and then he says this that in the waters wherever this water from the temple flows he says you will find swarms and teeming life Like in the water, there will be schools of fish that are beyond any schools of fish that you have ever seen, and it is amazing. He says, actually, there's so many that all along the river, all the way to the sea and even around, like there are fishermen gathered with their nets on either side of the river, and you can't catch enough of them that they're depleted. Why? Because where the water is breaking out, life explodes, and it follows. Fish all over 
the place. Just this morning, right, the, the scriptures will talk in Genesis 1 and 2 about life that is teeming and swarming. Very different than the marginal, bleak, thin kind of life that we see in the dry lands of the Serengeti, right? This morning I, was, I took a little walk, and I don't know, this is maybe a Christmas gift that was early for me. As I was walking, a swarm of teeming flock of birds surrounded me. I, typically when we see swarms of, of birds, we, we see them in terms of like tens, This was hundreds or thousands. I had never seen a swarm like this, and they were 50 feet above me, and they flapped in, and it was a mighty rushing wing sound. And and then they perched in all of these trees around me, like I was in the middle, and I was in this coliseum of teeming, flourishing, abundant life. And it was as if the Lord gave me a picture. Like, Ryan, you've seen birds in flocks before, but that but that's a different sort of life than the kind of life that I bring wherever I go, wherever my waters rush out. It's a different version. It's an exponential kind of life. And I got to see that and hear that this morning. And it overwhelmed. I was actually nervous at the sound of all the life. But this is what's breaking out in Ezekiel 14 in the waters, right? But then the third thing that Ezekiel says in this vision, he says, on either side of the river of life that is issuing and flowing from the temple of God, he said, there are trees that bear fruit, abundant fruit. Actually, like every month, they're bearing fruit. And the leaves of these trees that are grown in the waters that break out from the temple are for the healing of the nations, the restoring of life, of all that is depleted and all that is in need. It is a beautiful picture of what God's presence does. Water flows from his very dwelling place and brings life everywhere it goes. But this is not the first picture of such beauty in the scriptures. This is actually a picture of something that we've already learned in Genesis chapter 2. Remember back in Eden, the first dwelling place of God with man? Remember what flows from the very dwelling place of God? It's the great river that then branches out into the four rivers. The water is breaking out from Eden, and it's watering this region of Eden, which is a garden. And what sort of life quotient do we see in Eden? We see teeming, exploding, swarming kinds of life in Eden. Why? Because from God's very dwelling place, the waters break out, and of course, life soon follows. We don't just see it in Genesis 2 in Eden. We don't just see it in the vision that Ezekiel gets of the temple, but we also see it in Revelation chapter 22. When John gets a vision of the end times temple, God's presence coming from heaven to earth, and what does John tell us? He says, from the throne of God, here is what I saw. From God's dwelling place on earth, a river as clear as crystal was flowing, and the water is sweet and fresh. And he says, on either side of the river grows the tree of life. And like what Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel 47, John says that every single month, this massive, elongated tree, it's not just a tree like we think of, it's more like a forest of trees, but it's kind of one tree all along the banks of the river. It says it is fruitful every single month. And like Ezekiel, the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations, the restoring of that which has been depleted, the resurgence of teeming, thriving, swarming kinds of life. 
where you find I am life. That's Jesus. You also find flowing waters that then lead to more life. It's stacking life upon life upon life upon life and it explodes. And then Mary and Joseph took a trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem because the census of Caesar demanded it. And they finally got to where they were going and Mary was very pregnant, nine months plus. And there was no place for them to stay that was suitable for a woman to give birth, but just in the nick of time they found a stable accompanied by life in many forms. And then in that stable, at just the appropriate time, Mary's water breaks. And I am life soon follows. What a beautiful picture. And I am life actually has a name. His name is Jesus. Or you could call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The gift of life. One last picture. Because I said Jesus wants to give us the gift of life, and that is him. And wherever Jesus is, the waters are breaking out, the waters that bring life. And now in John chapter 7, there's one more thing I want to show you. John chapter 7, verse 37 says this. On the last day of the feast, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out. Listen to me. A couple things here. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, the feast here that John is referring to is the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tents where God in the wilderness and all through the Old Testament until the temple was built, God dwelt in the tent, the tabernacle with his people. And at the Feast of Tabernacles, John has told us several chapters earlier that Jesus is crying out to all listening ears from the actual temple. I am life is in the temple. Remember Ezekiel, remember Eden, remember Revelation. So if I am life is in the temple, right? we get all these pictures in the Old Testament, also in Revelation 22 of things to come. Wherever I am life, whenever he is in the temple, there is typically water, water breaking out and exploding forth. So John, where's, where's the water? Let's continue. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Drink of me, Jesus says. Because where, right, when you're drinking of me, when the waters break out, the waters of Jesus break out inside of us, life is soon to follow. And not a bleak, marginal, thin version of life, but a teeming, swarming, exploding kind of life. Every time we drink of him, he says, drink of me. He's crying out. 
to anyone who will listen. Are you depleted? Are you feeling marginal? Are you feeling thin? Are you feeling dry and empty? I've got good news, the herald Jesus proclaims. Just drink of me, because where my waters break out, life follows. I've been telling you that from the beginning. So just drink deeply. And then Jesus says this, because remember I told you, the gift that Jesus wants to give us this Christmas is, is life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He wants to give us himself. But I also said he wants to make us a gift of life to everyone and everything around us. Verse 38, Jesus says this, Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So let me read that one more time, friends. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his or her heart, out of this epicenter of who we are, out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. And we know what happens everywhere the living waters go. Life explodes and swarms and teems. Right? From believers. Right? It's, from, it's interesting that Christians are referred to as believers. Like the greatest and most true thing about us is that we simply believe that Jesus is I am life. And we take that by faith. And because of that, we drink of him, we feast on him, we follow him, we do all the things with him. We're attached in abiding relationship with him. And he says, from believers in him who drink of him and come alive, what he says then is that out of our hearts will flow living waters. Waters will break out from us to all of the people and all of the things that are around us. What a beautiful invitation that he gives to all of us who are weary and dry and depleted and thin and maybe just clinging to a thin veneer of life. We would just call it, we're existing. Jesus says, I've got more for you than that. I am life. Drink of me. Be filled and refreshed and let life break out in you. And then from that place in God's good design, then living waters will flow from us to everyone and everything. It's the gift that he wants to give us this Christmas. He wants to give us the gift of life, and that is him. And then he wants us to be so overflowed and overfilled that we become little image bearers of Jesus. Rivers of living water flowing from us to everything around us so that we would be harbingers of life ourselves. Friends, I want to pray for us. And my prayer is that this Christmas that we would be the most eager gift receivers ever.
that we would drink deeply of the living water that is Jesus. And then that we would trust and obey and follow him and step into all of the relationships and all of the things that he has put in front of us. And some of them may be bleak and seem dark and empty and just clinging to a thin veneer of life. But know that the gift that he wants to give to the world and to other people through us is his life, his teeming, abundant, multiplied, exceeding life. And may we follow him into that this Christmas and in the days to come. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray, Father, that you would give us receptive hands and open hearts this Christmas to receive you. I am life. And Jesus, you cried out in the temple and you're still crying out today for those who have ears to hear. That we would drink of you deeply and that we would be restored and refreshed and enlivened. Father, we need it. And so we receive you, the child-born king, life among us. And Father, from that place, I pray that you would make us a people who flow your streams and rivers of living water to every relationship and to everything we touch. Father, would you do it according to your kindness and your goodness so that there might be joy to the world this Christmas in an exceeding, teeming, abundant kind of way. Pray your blessing upon us and your favor over us as your waters cascade over us and even refreshing and nourishing and restoring life now. We invite it and we receive it. It's not an it, it's a who. Jesus, we receive you. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.